Hello, my friends, and uh, welcome back to another episode of The Informed Catholic. This is going to be the readings for the third Sunday in Ordinary Time. Third Sunday in Ordinary Time. So uh, let's begin with the penitential act. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words and what I have done and what I have failed to do. Through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault, therefore I ask, Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to please pray with me and for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Kyrie Lysion, Kyrie Lysion, Kyrie Lysion, Christe Lysion, Christe Lysion, Christe Lysion, Kyrie Lysion, Kyrie Lysion, Kyrie Lysion. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to people of goodwill. We praise you, we bless you, we adore you, we glorify you, we give you thanks for your great glory. Lord God, Heavenly King, O God, Almighty Father, Lord Jesus Christ, Only Begotten Son, Lord God, Lamb of God, Son of the Father, you take away the sins of the world, have mercy on us. You take away the sins of the world, receive our prayer. You are seated at the right hand of the Father, have mercy on us. You alone are the Holy One, you alone are the Lord, you alone are the Most High, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit and the glory of God the Father. Amen. Amen. Reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah, chapter 8, verse 23, and chapter 9 to 3. First, the Lord degraded the land of Zebulun and the land of Nephetali. But in the end, he has glorified the seaward road, the land west of the Jordan, the district of the Gentiles. Anguish has taken wing, dispelled is darkness, for there is no gloom where but now there was distress. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Upon upon those who dwelt in the land of gloom, a light has shone. You have brought them abundant joy and great rejoicing as they rejoice before you at the harvest, as people make merry when dividing spoils. For the yoke that burdened them, the pole on their shoulder, and the rod of their taskmaster, you have smashed as on the day of Midian. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Okay, so one more time. First, the Lord degraded the land of Zebulun, the land and the land of Nephetali. But in in the end, he has glorified the seaward road, the land west of the Jordan, the district of the Gentiles. Anguish has taken wing, dispelled is darkness, for there is no gloom where but now there was there was darkness the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light upon those who dwelled in the land of gloom a light has shone you have brought them abundant joy and great rejoicing as they rejoice before you at the harvest a people as people make merry 
when dividing spoils for the yoke that burdened them, the pole on their shoulder and the rod of their taskmaster. You have smashed as on the day of Midian. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Psalm 27. The Lord is my light and my salvation. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom should I fear? The Lord is my life's refuge. Of whom should I fe- should I be afraid? The Lord is my light and my salvation. One thing I ask of the Lord, this I seek, to dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, that I may gaze on the loveliness of the Lord and contemplate his temple. The Lord is my light and my salvation. I believe that I shall see the bounty of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord with courage. Be stout-hearted and wait for the Lord. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Okay, one more time. The Lord is my light and my salvation. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom should I fear? The Lord is my life's refuge. Of whom should I be afraid? The Lord is my light and my salvation. One thing I ask of the Lord, that this I seek, to dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, that I may gaze on the loveliness of the Lord and contemplate his temple. The Lord is my light and my salvation. I believe that I shall see the the bounty of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord with courage. Be stout-hearted and wait for the Lord. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Amen. First Corinthians chapter one, verse 10, 13, and just verse 17. Reading from the first letter of St. Paul to the Corinthians. I urge you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree in what you say and that there is be no divisions among you but that you be united in the name, in the same mind, and the same purpose. For it has been reported to me about you, my brothers, by Cleos people, that there are rivalries among you. I mean that each of you is saying, I belong to Paul, or I belong to Apollos, or I belong to Cephas, or I belong to Christ. Is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you, or were you baptized in the name of Paul? For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, and not with with the wisdom of human eloquence, so that the cross of Christ may not be emptied by its meaning. Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Okay. Alleluia, alleluia. Jesus proclaimed the gospel of the kingdom and cured every disease among the people. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, chapter 4, verse 12 to 23. And uh, I believe four, chapter 4, verse 12 to 17. Actually, this is a longer version. Okay. Chapter 4, verse, chapter four, verse 12 to 17. All right. 
A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. When Jesus heard that John had been arrested, he withdrew to Galilee. He left Nazareth and went to live in Capernaum, by the sea in the region of Zebulun and Nephetali, that what has been said through Isaiah the prophet might be fulfilled. Land of Zebulun and land of Nephetali, the way to the sea beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people who sit in darkness have seen a great light, on those dwelling in the land overshadowed by death, light has risen, as light has arisen. From the time on, Jesus began to preach and say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. As he walked by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who was called Peter, and his brother Andrew, casting a net into the sea. They were fishermen. He said, to them, come after me, and I will make you fishers of men. At once they left their nets and followed him. He walked along from there and saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in a boat with their father Zebedee, mending their nets. He called them, and immediately they left their boat and their father and followed him. Okay, hold on. He went around. He went around all of Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and curing every disease and illness among the people. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So, Matthew's gospel is basically sh showing us the fulfillment of what has been, what we just read in Isaiah. And the majority of Christ's ministry, his mission, and the mission of the Twelve during his time on earth was in the region of Galilee. And Galilee had 10 cities of the, the Decapolis, as they call it. The 10 cities, which are mainly Gentile cities, where the majority of the language has been mostly Greek and Aramaic. And it also shows you many of the regions of people who came to hear him speak and to be healed by him came from the regions of Adomia, across the Jordan that shows you how far word spread about him. And he preached the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So this was important. Uh, Capernaum, which was a, um, a, a Jewish fishing village, which majority of apostles came from. And that was his headquarters. Actually, if you watch The Chosen, it's getting pretty good because now they're they're starting to show this and they're going to focus on this these important events, uh, how many Gentiles, pagan Gentiles, the cities like Caesarea Philippi and other areas like 
uh, in the Decapolis region are regions that had a lot of pagans. And a lot of pagans heard the gospel, abandoned much of the um, the temples of the Greek gods, and wanted to know more about the message of Christ. And this is how the gospel began to spread, began to move around, began to spread across the Mediterranean world. And remember, first it was the mission of the Twelve, then other disciples came. Uh, later on was the mission of the 72 disciples. And this showed you how it began to spread widely. And in many ways, it begins to flesh out the Gospels, to begins to show us how it grew and who heard it and who started to believe. And this is very important because we have now, you know, it, it gives us a better picture image of who our Lord is and how truly real he is. He's real now for me in my life. I'm beginning to see more and more who Jesus Christ is. We're not, we're not accidents. We're living exactly where God wants us to be. The time we're born in, the times that we're going through, the times that we're experiencing is not an accident. When you encounter Christ, when you experience Jesus, you experience the reality of your life, the reality of him. Your life becomes more real. Your faith becomes more real. And you begin to realize you are where God wants you to be. You are living exactly where God wants you to be. You are experiencing exactly what God wants you to experience. And you're fulfilling his mission. Your life begins to have meaning. You begin to have meaning. The apostles were born exactly at the time they were supposed to be. And they encountered Christ exactly at the time that God wants them to experience. You know, they accepted him. They heard his, they heard his words. And they fulfilled it and they accepted him. They received him as their Lord and Savior. We are where God wants us to be. If we reject Christ, our life will become empty. Our life will be empty. <clears throat> we hear his mission. We, he we hear his words and we accept him. There is substance and reality to us. There is meaning and purpose to our existence. So, no, we're not, you know, you know, we're not random. I mean, we, our life, our life is meaningless if we reject it. Look how, look at so many of these young people. They're trying to find meaning and purpose. They're, they're, they're looking for 
for meaning and purpose just now. I mean, this young woman, Greta Thunberg, who a couple of years ago, you know, the how dare you young woman uh, from Norway or Sweden, wherever she came from, she comes from. She's now an activist. She's a young woman and now she's trying to save the planet. <laughs> a young woman like her, worried about the environment, worried about what's going to happen to our planet. I'm sorry, I don't buy it one bit. I think these young people, they've been so sadly deprived, deprived of of God in their lives, of, of, of Jesus Christ. They, you know, people become much more materialistic, much more materialistic. If they don't have God in their lives, I mean, creation itself has more meaning and purpose to me because God is in my life. Because I know that creation comes from God. All things come from God. All things exist because of him. Why would I want to destroy creation? Why would I want to pollute the planet? Why would I want to kill every single animal? Why would I want to wipe out the polar bears? Why would I want to wipe out the penguins? No, of course not. There's beauty it's beautiful. It's the, the world is beautiful. The mountains are beautiful. The clouds look beautiful moving across the blue sky. The sound of the birds are beautiful. Flowers, trees, plants, they're all beautiful. You know, cute, adorable puppies, babies, even more beautiful. Everything is beautiful. I love the wind. I love afternoons when the sun set, when it's cool. Why would I want to destroy the planet? To me, creation is not beautiful when there's no God. If, the, if there is no God, it's meaningless. Okay? The icebergs, the, the sound of the water, the sound of the seagulls, they're all even more beautiful because there is a God who created them, who is the cosmic artist, the divine artist, God. And, you know, trying to save creation, but not have God in your heart is meaningless. Trying, uh, I mean, look at this, these powerful rich people meeting in Davos. They, they have all this money, all this wealth, all this power. And they want to control creation. They want population control. Really, all that money and there's no, and there's no, and you're not satisfied. You're not satisfied. This is not about saving the planet. This is about controlling things. It's about, it's about men who th thinking themselves to be gods. And I don't want to have anything to do with those. No. God 
is the one in control. No human being has has power unless God permits them to. But they will never, in my opinion, the more power, the more money they have, the more they want to control, the more under judgment they will find themselves. People like that from the top, when they say there's too many people on the planet, are dangerous. It's never good. The last time someone did that, he, ki- he killed 6 million people plus more back in World War II. His name, was, his name was Adolf Hitler. Stalin killed far more people than him. Okay? They're dangerous. These men are dangerous. Rich, powerful people like that, powerful people like that, when they look at the world, they don't see the world. They don't see the people. They see themselves. Okay? And, and the arrogance of John Kerry, it's beholden to us few representative humanity to save the planet. Please. Please, please, please. This is, and this man is supposed to be a Catholic. What is happening with these people? Are they so narcissistic? Have they, tra- have they gone so far from, the, from God? Are they so beyond God to talk this way? It's unbelievable. It's just beyond understanding. But people like this exist. And they're empty. Their souls are empty. Their hearts are empty. Their lives are empty. Even with all the money, they're still not satisfied. And this young, poor young woman, I feel sorry for her, this Greta Thunberg. The way I feel sorry for all those people. Their lives are empty. They need Jesus Christ in their lives. They need the great I am in their lives. They need to find meaning, purpose, in their lives, in him, in him, you will find the answer, not in the environment. God is the answer. Christ is the answer. It's sad that we're living in the world where the gospel's not being preached by the successor of the apostles. Instead, they remain silent. And that is even, that's very dangerous. That is very, that is extremely dangerous. They must preach the word of God. And yet I believe that these men do not, these men who are supposed to be successful of the apostles, they're not. And yet there's division going on in the church. This whole division between the Latin mass and the, and the Novus Ordo, between Taylor Marshall I don't know what where his mind is these days. I mean, it's sad. He he writes good things, and yet he goes off the edge. There's a lot of people like this. They just seem, I don't know, so far beyond. I mean, the devil could be the one. He 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 sells seed of of rebellion, seed of division, and that's sad. Well, the answer is Christ. As Paul said, it's unity. Unity in Christ. We must keep our unity in him. We must look to him as the answer. 
All right, I'm going to end it here and uh, we'll come back with something else. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell on the third day, he arose again from the dead, and he ascended into heaven and seated at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From there he will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. <clears throat> Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now at the hour of our death. Amen. <clears throat> Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, now and forever. Amen. St. Michael, Archangel of God, defend us in the day of battle. Be our protection against the wild and wicked attacks of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And now, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the divine power of God, cast into hell Satan and all evil spirits who prowl the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit.